This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord today. I want to ask you, are you ready to receive the word of the Lord today? Come on, do I have a witness today? Are you ready to receive the word of the Lord today? Okay. If you're not sure about it, we're going to pray. If you're not sure you're ready to receive, we're going to pray right now, and we're going to prepare our hearts. If you had not had an opportunity to do that while we were worshiping in song, um, I think it's important that we prepare our hearts for the word of God. Um, Um. I believe the Lord gave me this message today. I find it, uh, I used to find it challenging as a pastor uh, to prepare a new message every, every week and some, most of the time on Wednesday night. I used to think that was a big pressure, but it's really not because when you're communing with God, he downloads into you exactly what you need to know to deliver to his church. Um, and I, I try to walk in that. So, Today, this message is still developing as we are starting this service, as they come to, yeah, the kids can go to class. Sorry, thank you, Brother Tatera. Um, young people will stay in here again. Um, so we're going to get into the word of the Lord, but we're going to pray first and ask God to help us. I've never preached, I don't think, on this topic before, and uh, so with the help of the Lord, and um, we're going we're gonna to go through this and believe that God's going to do something great today. Amen. And so first off, I want you to think about yourself. We're going to be selfish prayers right now. And I want you to think of where your heart is. Is it ready to receive the word of God? And I have preached and I have taught on Psalms 139. And um, I don't want to have any obstruction between me and the flow of Jesus Christ into my life. I don't want, I don't want nothing in the way. Psalms 139, David says, search me, O God, and know my thoughts and know my heart. The end of that chapter, it says the same thing. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts and know my heart. So I want us to pray and ask God to search you, and God will search you, and he will reveal things into your life that you need to repent, repent of, because you ask him, some of, you not, some of you probably won't ask because you don't want to know. Some of you already know without asking. But I want us to be like David and say, God, I don't want to be this old man. I want to be a new man in Christ Jesus. So let's pray together right now and take a time and internalize and say, God, show me what's in my heart. What can I do? And then begin to repent. Ask God to, to forgive you if there's anything. And maybe you just need to give him some praise today. Maybe you need to thank him. Whatever the case may be, I want you to begin to pray right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your work and your will would be done in every heart right now. Search me, oh God. Purge me. Know my thoughts. Know my heart. Lord, you know what people are thinking of right now. Lord, you know exactly who's thinking about dinner. And they, you know, Lord, who's actually considering you right now. Lord, I ask you to help us, God, to, to, to try us, 
to know my thoughts. Reveal to me what I need to see in you here today. We love you, Jesus. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Um, I think repentance is a very important part of your daily walk with God. Somebody say amen. Repentance is very important, and that's not even what I'm going to preach about today. But I felt we needed to, to spend a moment in prayer. Now, did you notice there's a difference in prayer, and I'm just going to pastor here for a second. When I ask people to praise and worship, clap your hands, there's an exuberance of that. But when I ask to God, ask you to pray, search me, O God, it was very quiet in here. So you don't maybe sometimes realize that, but when, when I ask certain prayers, I can, I can measure where we're at. Because you can hear the people that really want God to minister to them, and then other people are like, I don't want anybody to know there's something going on. Anyway, Deuteronomy chapter number 19. Deuteronomy chapter number 19. Um, Zach will do Deuteronomy 19, verse 15, and then we're going to go to 2 Corinthians 13, and then we'll spend the majority of the rest of the time in Matthew. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter number 19, verse number 15. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth, at the mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of Three witnesses shall the matter be established. Everybody say it's established. I want to read this again because I'm going to drive this home with a mallet. One witness shall not rise up against a man for any iniquity or for any sin, in any sin that he sinneth. At the mouth of two witnesses. Everybody say mouth. There's got to be a testimony. If a witness stays silent, he is just a silent observer. A witness is somebody who will testify about what they saw. The mouth of two witnesses or at the mouth of three witnesses shall the, do, shall the matter be established. Verse number 16, let's read on just a little bit. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify, everybody say testify, there it is. You know, it's, a, it's more people have a, a chattier mouth when it's something bad than it's something good. If a witness <laughs> rise up against any man, that's not my nose, to testify against him that which is wrong, then, then both the men between whom the controversy is shall stand before the Lord, before the priest and the judges, which, say, which shall be in those days. And the judges shall make diligent inquisition, and behold, if the witnesses be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, then shall you do unto him as he taught to have done or thought to have done unto his brother. So shalt thou put the evil away from among you. Everybody say amen. Now, I'm not going to preach on gossip. Y'all just hold on. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 13. Thirteen, verse number 
this is the third time I am coming to you, period. There's important where the, uh, it, the marks are in your Bible here. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. Paul was referencing the book of Deuteronomy. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time and being absent now, I write to them which is hereunto have sinned and to all other that if I come again, I will not spare. Since ye seek a proof, everybody say a proof. Since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God toward you. Examine yourselves. I think we did that just a moment ago. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not, or know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. I trust that you come to this church that you hope the pastor's not a reprobate. I would assume that you would not even come here if you thought I was a reprobate. I may be ugly, but I'm not a reprobate. Let's read on. But I trust that you shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates, for we can do nothing against the truth. Everybody say the truth. Oh, we're getting somewhere now. But for the truth. For we are glad when we are weak and ye are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. Verse number 10, and I'll stop here. Therefore I write these things, being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Everybody say amen. That was a lot of scripture reading. Thank you, Caleb. He said amen. He wanted to sit down midstream, evidently. I don't know. Amen. We're going to pray one more time and ask the word of God to now settle in our heart in the name of Jesus. Let's pray right now. Jesus, God, let this word come alive in our spirits right now. Let it come alive in our hearts. Let it come alive in our families. Let it come alive in this room here today. Lord, this building is not the church. The people is the church. So we, we want to speak to the people here today. And God, let your word minister to us here today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen. All right, before you're seated, shake it off. I feel we need to shake it up a little bit in here. Come on, give your neighbor a high five. I think, I think it feels like everybody's, everybody's kind of a little scared of the message here today. I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't know. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to preach to you today in the title of two or three witnesses. In two or three witnesses. It was important at a time of the law in the Old Testament that 
it not could just it couldn't just be one person that would come and bear witness of something. You had to have two or three witnesses. And you couldn't just have a witness. You had to have somebody give a testimony of what transpired. And that's what the law was built on. And no doubt, probably some people tried to uh, convince people to lie for them to get them uh, to, to the, the, the chief priest or whoever to, to agree with them. Therefore, they put a law that stated if you bear false witness, there is a different judgment. So the Bible is established here that there must be two to three witnesses for all things to be established. Somebody say amen. Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, and you can look back there if you want. We're going to hang out there for a second. 2 Corinthians 13, Paul says, This is the third time I'm coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. That's very important. It's not about witnessing perhaps an event or something that somebody said, but he was talking about, I am a witness of the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. He is bearing witness of what he has seen. He is bearing witness of what God has done. And he's trying to convince them that I'm here to tell you that God is real, that that God is alive, that he is well. And I want you to know you can trust me. I'm not a reprobate in my thinking. I have not gone off the wagon here a little bit. But I have come to tell you that Jesus Christ is alive and well. And let me tell you, I am a witness of that fact. I wonder if there's anybody in here that is a witness that Jesus Christ is not on a cross and he's not in a grave. He has rose again on the third day and God is alive and well in this house. I'm thankful that I have the testimony that Jesus Christ is alive. I'm thankful that I have the testimony that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of me. I'm thankful that I have a few people that can witness to them, bear witness to the fact that I have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. How do we know? How can we become a witness? Well, let me tell you, you got to be around people of faith to become a witness. There's a lot of things in this world you can witness. There's a lot of things in this world you can say, I saw that, I seen that. And it seems as so that everyone wants to be a witness of something. Just go on YouTube. That's all about witnessing. The wrong kind of witnessing. Somebody acts crazy out there, everybody is the first thing they do. They reach for their phone. You'll see so many things, people, a riot going on and this and that, and people fighting, and, and the first thing people do is grab their phone instead of going over and breaking it up. They grab their phone because they want to testify of what they saw. They want to testify of what, what they, was going on. They want to testify about all these things. And I, I have found out that there are fewer testimonies about Jesus than there are of the things of this world. You know what it should happen on YouTube and social media? We should be a testimony about what Jesus Christ has done in your life. You should be shouting from the mountaintops how he saved you, how, how he made you, how he put you up on a rock to stay, how he brought you out of darkness into to this marvelous light. There needs to be somebody that is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, I wish somebody would be a witness to me right now and say, I am not ashamed. I want to be a witness. 
I want to be of the two or three witnesses, but a church doesn't need just two or three witnesses. We need to be a body of witnesses that will stand tall in the face of this world and say, I know who Jesus is. He is alive forevermore. My God. I just don't want to be counted as one or two, but I want to band together with a body of believers and say, I saw Jesus. I am a witness of his power. I am a witness of his healing. I am a witness of what is to come. Hmm. People in this room, you have been healed. You are a witness. Let me tell you, if you've been healed, you don't stand back and just say, well, I don't want to tell anybody. But no, you got to share the good news of Jesus Christ. you got to share the good news of what the Lord has brought you from to where you are today. You are a witness. Everybody say witness. It is established in the Word of God. From the Old Testament to the end of the New Testament. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything should be established. Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 13. If you want to turn there with me or follow with me on the screen. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist. Some say Elias, some others say Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, but he saith unto him, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto you, and now that you got a revelation, I want to impart with you something even greater than you did not see coming. Thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. In other words all the disciples were standing around and they were a witness of somebody proclaiming that Jesus was the son of God. Hmm. I love that scripture of the revelation of Peter. But I want to look on the face of the other disciples when they got a glimpse of who Jesus was in that moment as well. Peter downloaded a revelation, and I can see the other other disciples saying, man, how he's got a revelation. I see it too. And maybe they went around like we do and give each other a high five and, and thanking the Lord and begin to, begin to worship him. I don't know what all took place, but I'm here to tell you today, when you get a revelation of who Jesus is, you can be a witness that he is the son of the living God he is not dead he is alive and deserves praise and worship and when God sees you download a revelation that he is and he sees that you are a witness of who he is he's going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven but you cannot receive the keys to the kingdom without understanding who he is Thou art Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And that verse number 19 says, and I will give unto thee. Everybody say, and. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou loosed on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man. 
He chose and should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples, verse number 21, how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of his elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. We're getting somewhere. It's interesting. The Bible told them to hold their peace. You are a witnesses of Peter's revelation. You are a witnesses of what he just downloaded. You are, you are a witness to what is going to happen. You are a witness. I am telling you, and I'm telling you disciples to understand what is about to take place. And, and you can foretell things, and you can say what is going to come. But there has got to be a witness when it comes. I said there's got to be a witness when it comes. Because I can get up here and proclaim a lot of things. I can get up here and say that tomorrow is going. somebody's going to win a million dollars. Somebody's going to give somebody a million dollars. Somebody's going to just walk home and there's going to be this and that. And you're going to receive all the blessings and all this stuff. And I can say all those things. But until there is a witness of that fact. All right. Until there's a witness of that fact, the things cannot be established. I can speak as though they already are, but there needs to be a witness of the fact of what has happened. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He proclaimed it. He said he was the resurrection and the life. He said that he was the resurrection and had power over death, hell, and the grave. And he demonstrated that with Lazarus. There was a witness of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Let's look in Matthew chapter number 26, excuse me, 27. Matthew chapter number 27, verse number 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God. Why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, verse number 47, when they heard that said, This man calleth for Elias. And straightway one of them ran and took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be. Let us see whether Elias will come to save him. They wanted to be a witness. They wanted to be a witness. In verse number 50, Jesus When he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus, everybody say they were watching saw the earthquake and those things that were done. They feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. They were a witness of the trembling. 
They were a witness of seeing Jesus. They were a witness of the things that were done. They were a witness of the temple being torn. They were a witness of the ground opening up. They were a witness of the dark sky. They were a witness of what Jesus had prophesied would happen. And many women, verse number 55, many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and the Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. Now, I'm going to read a little bit more scripture here, but I want you to understand who was there. We're reading this to give you a few examples of witnesses of what happened. So I want you to look for the witnesses. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Armamathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Arimathea, uh, Joseph of Arimathea was a witness of the death of Jesus Christ. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. Pilate was a witness of a body that had no life. And when Jesus, and Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in clean linen cloth. And he laid it in his tomb, and which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. Verse number 61, And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. They were watching Jesus be put in a tomb. That's very important. There were two to three witnesses of Jesus being put in a tomb. There was witnesses of him being off the cross. There was a witness of him being put in a tomb. Follow me here. Now the next day that followed, the day of the preparation, the chief priests, Pharisees came together unto Pilate saying, Sir, we remember that 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 deceiver said while he was yet alive after three days, I will rise again. We've heard the story that he will rise again. There's something we got to do. I think the disciples will come and rob his body if we don't spare witness that that grave is locked and sealed. Command therefore the sepulcher be made sure until the third day lest the disciples come by night and steal him away and, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error should be worse than the first. In other words, they say they're going to lie about his coming up from the grave. But the Bible teaches us. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Pilate said unto them, Ye have, what, have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. Hmm. We have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure. So not only were there believers, but there were non-believers. I said not only were there believers that saw Jesus in that grave and that tomb was, was sealed, but there were non-believers that saw Jesus in that grave and sealed. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Everybody said they set a watch. A witness of the watch, a witness of a sealed tomb. There was a witness when he died. There were witnesses when he came off that cross. There were witnesses when the body went into the tomb, and there were witnesses when the tomb was sealed. In the mouth of every, every two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Some of you ain't got it yet. <laughs> Bible says he is the resurrection and the life. And he needed two or three witnesses to declare every step of that process. 
you can't tell me God didn't stay in or did stay in that tomb because I got another revelation for you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. In the end of the Sabbath, Matthew 28, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary and Magdalene and the other Mary to see, everybody say to see, to bear witness of the sepulcher. You see, there was non-believers being a witness that the tomb was sealed. But the believers wanted to go back with faith and say, did he rise again? Is he still there? And behold, there was a great earthquake. Here we go again. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. That tells me that not only was an earthly witness, but there was a heavenly witness. I'm telling you, when God becomes a resurrection in the life, he not only bears witness on earth, it bears witness in heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound. Whatever you shall loose on earth, or loose in heaven, shall be loose. I'm going to read on here. I don't want to get ahead of myself. And behold, there was a great earthquake, and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven. Came back and rolled the stone of the door, and his countenance was like lightning, his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. When God became the resurrection, the people were the non-believers. Their mouth had to be silenced. Because they could not believe what just transpired. Just like the lion's mouth, when Daniel walked into the lion's den, those lions were there to destroy him, to eat him, to destroy his witness. But the men of unbelief, were, were their mouths were shut and their bodies fell down at the feet of the revelation of who Jesus was. He became the resurrection and he became the life. Look for witnesses right now. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear ye not, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Yes, I am here to tell you the truth. Yes, he was crucified. But I'm going to give you another revelation. Just the same thing that he prophesied to the, to the disciples, said, I am going and I'm going to have to die. The same promise of his death is the same promise of the resurrection. I'm here to tell you today, I am a witness of the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place. See the place where he dwelt. There was a witnesses when he was nailed on the cross. Witnesses when they pulled his body off the cross. Witnesses when Pilate had his body. A witness when they carried his body to the tomb. Witnesses when they put him in the tomb. Witnesses when they sealed the tomb. Then witnesses when he came out of the tomb. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. My God, my God. I'm here to tell you today. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get ahead of myself. We haven't got to the real point I want to get to. Mm. He said, "Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead." And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye. Ha <laughs> ha. 
Y'all know what I'm about to say. Zach, put that scripture up there. Where am I at? Yeah, verse number 7. Matthew 28, 7. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And I have highlighted in my Bible, there shall ye see him. You will become a witness that not only did he come off that cross, not did he put it put in a tomb, but I need a few more witnesses to fulfill the promise that he was in Galilee. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to the bring the disciples' word because they wanted to be a witness. They were a witness of what had transpired. Not only an earthly witness, but a heavenly witness because an angel came and spoke to them. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Oh, hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Why? Because they were a witness to the resurrection and the life. Then Jesus said unto them, Be not afraid. Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee. And here we go. And there shall they see me. I don't want to be a dead horse right now, but I'm here to tell you, there was people that saw him. On a cross. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. They saw him carried to a tomb. They saw him in a tomb, a sealed tomb. But there was a witness of him coming out of that tomb. And there was a witness of him walking upon the sea, walking upon the streets, walking in places they never thought they would see him walk again. I'm here to tell you today, I am assured in my spirit that Jesus is alive and well, and he is still walking up and down the corridors of people's hearts. He is still walking up and down the spirit and people's soul. Now when they were going, behold, some of, of the watch came into the city and showed unto the chief priest all the things that were done. Why? Because they were a witness. They were fulfilling the Levitical proverb or the Levitical law says, I have got to be a witness of what just happened. Not only was the supernatural taking place, and not only was God manifest in flesh and rose again, and he began to wreck the world. He began to cause a quake that had never happened. He, nobody had ever come from the grave. Nobody had ever come from the grave like he had prophesied about, and then came up again and, and walk around and bear witnesses. Nobody had done anything like this before. So the Christian community, if you will, began to witness. Uh, and those who were non-believers became believers and began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They began to be a witness of what just happened. Everybody say witness. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Keep on reading Matthew 28. You know where we're heading here. Verse number 16, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw, there it is, they were a witness, they saw him. Everybody say they saw him. What did they do? They worship him. But in the midst of the disciples, some still doubted. 
He said, not everybody was at that tomb, but there were witnesses at that tomb. Mary and Mary were witnesses of that tomb, of that resurrection. And they began to share, hey, hey, y'all, this thing that Jesus had been preaching about, this thing that he would talk about, it actually came to pass. It actually came to pass. Some of you have got a testimony of the resurrection and life, and you're beating your head because nobody wants to believe you. Who cares if they believe you or not? Jesus Christ did rise from the grave. He has all power. He has all authority. All right, I'm getting somewhere. Ain't got to my point yet. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Why? Because people now witness the heaven and they witness the earth. They saw the earthly body arise, but they saw the supernatural happen in that body. They had the revelation that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the one true God. He was, if you saw Jesus, you saw the Father, the Bible says. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And now they're saying, yeah, you got that right. You proved that time and time again. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name which is Jesus of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you and lo I will be with you always even unto the end of the world amen pastor what are you preaching about today I'm here to tell you today if you are a witness of the goodness and the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ you have nothing to be ashamed of you have nothing to worry about you have nothing to fear because the Bible says he shall be with me until the end of the earth and I'm going to be a witness today that I feel the presence of the Lord with me the Lord is encamped around this church and I'm here to tell you today if you don't have Jesus he can be with you until the end here we go here's the point that I wanted to get to in the mouth of two to three witnesses let everything be established. Everybody say established. For we are glad, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, when we are weak and ye are strong. And this also we wish, even your perfection. You see, when it feels like all the eyes are upon you, when you are buried with circumstances, when you are buried with grief, when you're buried with fear, when you're buried with sickness, and you're buried with pain, you are buried with peer pressure and people are watching you. You're buried with depression and people see you in that place of depression. You're buried with sin and people see you in your sin. But those same eyes that are looking at you will soon see the miraculous triumph of a powerful resurrection in your life. In other words, if you're in this place and you're bound by fear and people see your life is grief-stricken, and you're having the pressure and the pain of life. Those same witnesses that see the, you burying those things uh, will also be the same witnesses uh, of the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ uh, being endued with you and in you from on high. 
You say, Pastor, you don't understand the shame that I have. I don't care about the shame. I'm looking for the other side. I want to be a witness of your shame, but I want to be a witness of your victory. See, the world said, we buried Jesus. We buried Jesus. We won. We won. We buried whom he said was going to have everlasting life. We buried the And that's what the world will try to tell you, that you can't come out of that mountain. You can't come out of that grave. You can't do this and you can't do that. But I'm here to tell you, the same witnesses that saw your despair are going to see your victory. Mary saw Jesus in a tomb, but they saw him high. And when he came up out of that tomb, yeah, the eyes are upon your grief. Yeah, the eyes are upon your shame. Yeah, the eyes are upon your sin. But don't stay there because the one who has all power in heaven and earth isn't about to resurrect your problem, resurrect your hurt, resurrect your situation, and come out triumphant and there be a witness of your triumph. Huh. Pastor, you once saw me when I was lost. Yeah, but now I see that you've been found. I'm going to bear witness. I'm not so worried about your past. I'm worried about your future. It doesn't matter what you did. It's about what you're doing right now. And I want to be a witness of what God is about to do in your life. You saw me when I was wounded, but now you can see me that I'm healed. You were a witness when I broken. You were a witness when I was pulled apart. You were a witness when I was left for dead. You were a witness when I was lonely. But greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. Just as you were a witness when I was down, you're going to be a witness in my triumph. The devil wants to make you and convince you that you got to stay there. You got to stay buried. You got to stay quiet. You got to stay in the shadows of darkness. But Jesus says, no, you don't have to remain there because I have the power to overcome every sin, every yoke, every problem. See, Pastor. You were a witness when I was sinking sand, when I was on sinking sand. But now you see me on the rock of Christ Jesus. Do I have a witness today where the Lord has brought you from to where you are today? Come on, do I have a witness that God has brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light? Do I have a witness of somebody being healed by the power of Jesus Christ? Do I have a witness today that God has brought you out of drugs and alcohol? Do I have a witness today that God has brought you out of pornography? God has brought you out of seduction and God has put you a pack on a, a rock which is Christ Jesus. I'm here to bear witness today. That my God is alive. He is forevermore risen. And he is the, has the power to change your situation. Has the power to reverse the curse of sickness and darkness. I'm about done. But I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you are bearing witness. Here's the thing. When you are in sin and you're in bondage and you are in a place of turmoil, all you see is the witnesses of that fact. 
I said, that's all you see is the witnesses that see you in your shame and in your guilt. That's all you see. You can't see and hear the witnesses of your future. So we are bound in fear because we can't bear witness of what God is going to do. But my Bible says that he has already died on the cross. And the Bible says that once he died for all. Or he died once for all. (laughs) The Lord gave me this statement. You were a witness when I was depressed with no money. And now you see me having joy with no money. You thought I was going to say something else. I don't preach a prosperity gospel. I preach Jesus Christ. You want prosperity? Seek Jesus. Prosperity is is when I am depressed and have no money, God can bring me out of depression and give me joy and still have no money. That's the delivering power of Jesus Christ. You thought I was going to say wealth, but, you know, I didn't say wealth. You don't need material things to have joy. I said you don't need material things to have joy. Let me just go forward to say this. You don't need healing to have joy. You can walk with a limp and still have joy. I've experienced Jesus Christ, and I came out with a limp, but I have joy in my soul. I said, I have joy in my soul. Paul had an issue. I said, Paul had an issue, but that issue did not keep him from having joy, keep him from being a witness of what God has done. You see, Pastor, I know you saw me when I felt as though no one cared, but I learned to cast all my care on him, for he cares for me. Let me tell you today, Jesus does care about your soul. There's a group of people that do care, and we want to be a witness. I said, we want to be a witness. I was reminded of the song about 1.30 in the morning last night. To just have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. He will hear your fainted cry. He will answer by and by. And when you feel a little prayer will turn and know that the fire is burning. I hope I got the words right. If I get a nod from Brother Barkley, he'll know. I'll know if I got the words right. I haven't sang that song in a long time. What are you saying today, Pastor? I'm saying if you're a witness of your guilt and your sin, Jesus wants to be a witness of your victory. If you're a witness of what things are troubling you, also you can become a witness of what God wants to do in your life. close with this as the music comes. Some of us need to get beside ourselves just a little bit and say this. Yea, though I walk. Mm. <laughs> I ain't got my victory yet, but yea, though I walk. I'm going to testify before it happens. I said I'm going to testify before it happens. 
sins. Matthew 16, Peter had a revelation of who Jesus was. And yeah, he denied the Lord because there was a war between the flesh and the spirit. There was something in between him. He was warned between the flesh and the spirit. Is this truly God? Yes, he's truly God. Is he fully man? Yes, he's fully man. How are we going to get out of this situation? How is God going to come up out of that grave? And guess what? Peter had that revelation. He saw Jesus and then he became a witness of his resurrection. Some of us need to get beside ourselves and just say, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. may feel buried and in a grave and there are people talking about you and you, they look at you and they see despair and no hope yea you will walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil because I'm about to be comforted thy rod and thy staff they comfort me the Bible says he's going to send the comforter right now. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That is Jesus Christ. He is that comfort. That's his spirit. He wants to give that comfort. That rod and thy staff is a way of direction. That way of direction is Christ, is through Jesus Christ. Thy rod and thy staff, they shall comfort me. His word, his direction will lead me into salvation. They rod and thy staff. They lead me into salvation. Some others, you need to say this. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Some of you are tired of allowing the world to be your witnesses of your failure. And some of you have allowed the church to see your failure. And that has put you in a place, in a dark corner. But some of you need to come out fighting in the name of Jesus. The same people that saw my depression are going to see my victory. The same people. Those two or three witnesses that saw my life before are now going to see a new life in Jesus Christ says all things are made new. Behold, all things are passed away. All things become new. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Can we stand in this room right now? I know I've preached for a long time, but I need to get my point across here today in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.